Today, we're going to talk with industry expert Kurt Mercadante about the four pillars of building an authority brand. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. What do you think about if we dive into these pillars a little bit more, like each one? I was thinking I would love to like ask you some questions about each of them. So I know we kind of went through them quickly, but attention, accuracy, alignment, and authenticity. So maybe starting with attention, um, do you have any tips for the right way to get attention? You know, or what does that mean to you? How like how can we get attention for our businesses? As in, like you said, that alone doesn't pay the bills. But <laughs> like, right. what are some tips you have, or things that have succeeded for you, or people you work with, in order to gain that attention piece of things? Yeah, you know, um, one of the reasons is so. Three years ago, a uh, little over three years ago, actually, Tuesday of Thanksgiving week was the three year anniversary. I had scaled a seven figure PR and ad agency over fourteen years, and I woke up on that Tuesday morning and I shut it down peak revenue. I was unfulfilled. I had been having anxiety attacks. I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now. And I went to my wife and I said, I'm done. And she said, it's about time. I, I was literally killing myself. And if I still had that agency in a year like 2020, I don't know what I would have done to myself. I, I just couldn't deal with it. So I shut it down and said, I want to work with small, medium-sized businesses because they give a shit. I shut it down. I want to help small and medium-sized businesses. Now, one of the reasons I did that was because I was working with large corporations and trade associations who took themselves too seriously and fell into the trap of shiny object syndrome. <laughs> we don't care what impact we make. We just have so much money. We can buy a lot of likes and views and chairs <laughs> and attention. And it's like, you know, 100, 150 years ago, there was a, a guy named John Wanamaker. He was a department store magnate, political activist, entrepreneur. And he said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is I don't know which half. Mm -hmm. Now, you may say, oh my gosh, it's 2020. We're a data-driven culture. Guess what? In 25 years of working in this industry, I can tell you most businesses still don't know which half is wasted. And there's no excuse for that. So it's, you got to know your target audience. You got to know where they are. Now, I'll argue that right, every, yeah. every business owner is going to, the best place, it's not Facebook, it's not Instagram, is actually LinkedIn. Because even if they're not active on LinkedIn, they put their data, they put their type of, of yep. company they work with. You can find out as a company between one and 10, how long have they been in that industry, right? You got to build that so that I guess a long answer to your question is the first step is finding out who that ideal client is and working like hell on getting their attention. Hmm. So when I shut down the agency, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything different than I've always done. And I hired a guru to build the webinar and run the Facebook ads. And I spent $20,000 and got zero clients. Why? I didn't know who my ideal clients were. I didn't know what my impact story message was. It was garbage in, garbage out. So I went back and said, listen, I'm just going to do, I'm going to go back to first principles. I'm going to start telling my impact story message in a video every single day. And I'm going to post it everywhere. And I did that. And I started to hone my message over time. And once I really got down to that message, I got three clients in the first week. And I realized LinkedIn took off. Facebook and Twitter, I didn't get much out of. And so it was what I learned over time is two years ago, I got three and a half million organic views on LinkedIn. I would get like 304,000, 300, 400,000 views just from posting an organic video. And I wasn't getting any clients. Now, sometimes I get 150, 200 views and I'll get clients from that. 
But also if someone likes that LinkedIn post, I call them the next day. If someone views my LinkedIn profile, I call them the next day. And so that's how I get attention. It's, it's really a direct line to that, that ideal client. Okay. So you're doing, you're pretty strategic. So you're, you're looking to give content that's specifically what that exact target audience would be interested in. And then once they actually view or like what you're doing, you literally like reach out to them because you know, you already got a little attention from them. So you're like, okay, let me, I've got my foot in the door. Now let me go ahead and, and make more contact with them. Is that, so is that kind of, when we talk about getting attention, it almost makes me think of like, I don't know, going into a crowd and you just start yelling something and no one cares if they don't think it's relevant to them. So then maybe, the accuracy is like, no, go to the crowd of people that like cares about what you want. Um, so is that accuracy kind of what you're talking about? Like, so the second pillar being accuracy, that's, I guess the persona thing you're talking about and having like, Oh, we got to know exactly who that person is. That's exactly right. And, and, and the analogy you gave is perfect. I mean, you're in a crowded room of a hundred people and your three ideal clients are in the back, but you're too afraid of just speaking to them, right? Because you want to have a big fishing net. So you just speak vanilla. Well, what happens? Everyone in the room, no one's going to turn around because no one knows you're talking to them. But if you start talking to those three people in the back of the room specifically, they're going to say, whoa, whoa, shut up, everyone. Mark's talking <laughs> to me. Mark's talking to us. Yeah. Um, and it's, then it becomes sort of a confidence issue because, right, it, it's, it feels a lot safer to get a huge fishing net and go to the ocean than it does to take a small fishing net and go to a small pond. But what happens when you go to the big ocean is you have that vanilla message and none of the right fish know you're talking to them, or you catch a whole bunch of Asian carp that are going to feed on your other clients and, and destroy your business. You, you go to that small pond, but it takes some confidence to do it, to go where the right fish are. Uh, what do they say? There's riches in the niches. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely true. Um, it's scary as hell to do that. Um, yeah. it, you know, it could be a slower churn, it's not instant gratification sometimes, but I don't know about you. I'd rather get paid ten thousand dollars for the same amount of work than I get than a thousand bucks, and that's what that's what being an authority brand is about. Yeah, yeah. So you, you talk about you know so the attention piece of it, and then the accuracy piece is is that niche part, right, where we're communicating directly to uh, the the right person. And so, you know, what are some steps that we can take in order to be more accurate with who we're trying to communicate to? Yeah, it's if you have a, an existing client base. So let's say, so I had a, um, I have a bookkeeping client. He's got a big bookkeeping company and he wasn't able to scale it. And he's been in this churn, right? Because he has a lot of non-ideal clients. In fact, we looked at 20 existing clients and only two of them were ideal. Like, well, there's your problem. It, not only is it a messaging problem, it led to, uh, their businesses go through four phases. There's the forming phase, right? We started it, we got the LLC, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. You can feel really good about that and you can grow really fast, but you're not charging what you're worth. So you have no room to hire people and all that. So you get into the forming phase. Or I'm sorry, that's the form. You get into the storming phase, right? Now this guy was in the storming phase because he only had two ideal clients that were growth clients. He had all these other clients that weren't paying him what he was worth, or they weren't paying him all the time they took up. So we did an analysis. How many are that? Two are, what do they look like? Let's make a cookie cutter of those two people. And what did he do? Raised his prices. A lot of his other clients left, and now he's making more money from less clients. That's not just a marketing and a branding issue. That's like a scaling issue. That's wonderful. But now you can take that and make a cookie, cookie cutter. If you don't have any clients and you're just starting out, I always say, 
create the most detailed customer persona you can based on an educated guest or the people you think you want to work with or are in your kind of zone of passion and go out to market with it. It might be wrong. When I first went out with my current company out to market, I got people that were completely different than my persona. That was great. I did a great job for them. They paid me, but I I wasn't feeling it. So I went back and said, what in my messaging is attracting these people instead of these people? And I, I went back. In order to have that kind of data, though, <laughs> it goes back to habits. You've got to every day do that process and work that process. And the more people you talk to, the more conversations you have, it's like, okay, now I have a big universe of data to say, this message isn't working. This message is working. These type of people are jumping in the fishing net. And now I know who I want to take the message to and what kind of message to, to, to take out to market. That's cool. So it sounds like you're saying, like, look at the existing clients you're already working with. Who are the people you love working with? Maybe the most profitable ones or whatever criteria you want to use. Kind of take those people. And I, I find this super useful too. Like if I'm writing an email to my like email list or something, I imagine like one person from that list that's like, oh, that is the ideal person I want to write a message to. Yeah. And so basing, kind of like using a persona, but basing it off of that has been super useful for me too. So I think that's super helpful, that accuracy part of things. So what about alignment? What what can we do there? What do you mean exactly by alignment? I know you talked about, you know, don't talk about yourself only. Um, you know, people want to know like what's in it for them and that kind of stuff. But like, what are some things we can do there when we're in a meeting? Or I guess maybe this is something that kind of applies when you're doing like a sales pitch or things like that. What are What are some things you can do to help bring alignment? Yeah. So I always, I always urge people and I fall into the trap all the time to take the word pitch and throw it in the trash. Uh-huh. Pitch it. Don't pitch anything. Don't sell anyone. Don't push it on them. And I, by the way, I say it and I'm like, Oh no, don't say pitch. I was in PR for a long time. So the pitching is it. It's about bringing people to you. And Steve jobs, when he uh, came back to Apple after going off to, uh, you know, Pixar and doing all those things, he came back and he gave a now famous speech where he said, we've spent a fortune on Apple's brand, but you would never know it. And the way we're going to bring the Apple brand back isn't to talk about our bells, our whistles, our megahertz, our gigahertz, you know, these, these boxes with circuits that we make. We do a great job making them. And by the way, it's not to talk about Microsoft and how much better we are than Microsoft. We've got to create something deeper that speaks to that impact. And he released uh, a vision statement for the company, which is people with passion can change the world for the better. And he used that speech to launch the Think Different campaign, ad campaign. Martin Luther King, Albert Einstein, Muhammad Ali, not a single Apple product. The vision statement didn't have a single product in that. Why? Because he knew that if he talked to that end impact that, that people want, I could be like Albert Einstein if I use a Mac. I could be like Muhammad Ali. I, I want to change the world for the better. Oh my gosh, I can use an iPhone to do that. And at that time he released that, there was no iPad, no iPhone, no iPod. Maybe he had it in the back of his head, but it had not been invented yet. And 10 years from now, that vision statement is still going to hold whether or not we have physical computers or Elon Musk has it all, you know, in our brains. And so he aligned, yeah, what they do. We make great computers and we do that. But more importantly, here's the impact you get of using our product. And it's so simple. I have a, an elite personal trainer who came to me and he would love to verbally vomit on his clients and, oh my gosh, I'm going to differentiate myself. I'm not like the muscle bound guy and it's all about movement. You need to know about movement because that's the key to life. Da, 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 da. And these people are like, whoa, what? Like, I just wanted to know what's in it for me. And then he was like, okay, what do they want to lose weight? They want to lose 10 pounds. They want to learn. No. So he went out and, and asked his clients 
Like, what do you want to do? I just want to, I just want to lose my quarantine belly. <laughs> I just want the back pain to feel better. I just want to fit this red dress for Christmas. So his impact story, I help high achieving women look better, feel better, move better. That's what they want. And he asked them what they want. So it's mm-hmm. that end impact, that bookkeeping client. You know what he does? He saves marriages. What? Well, he used to talk about QuickBooks and zero and spreadsheets and numbers. Well, they all know that a bookkeeper does that stuff. But he worked with family-owned businesses where one spouse would do the books and one spouse would do the operations and the sales. It's like, hey, honey, I got to hire three people. Do you have the PL? No, sorry, sweetie. I'm three weeks behind on the PL. Boom. Marital argument. So I save marriages. That speaks directly to that client. Whereas someone else might be like, what the hell are you talking about? You save marriages? Yeah. They know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, man. I, I That really, you know, in, inspires me and it makes me think, you know, when you start just talking about the the aspirations that you know people may have that all of a sudden you're like attracting the right customer to you like you were talking with the example with Apple you know with the think different right i think when i see that ad when i saw that ad right it it made me feel like oh like I, this is a brand that i want to be a part of and and support you know and so i think sometimes we get so caught up in our heads about you know, having all the right gear and, and looking cool and, and giving this really broad message. Cause we want to try to reach as many people as we can. But if we can communicate something simply that the right people will then be attracted to our brand and we'll have less headaches with difficult clients and, um, trying to do work. We're not really qualified to do just to make a buck. So that's, that's I, my, my wheels are turning. <laughs> I once had another branding coach come to me and says, Kurt, I don't get your brand. I said, well, that's okay. I'm not selling to you. Yeah. You're not my target audience. Like not everyone has to get your brand. And, and you know, a lot, it's easy to look at commercials and I used to make ads, right? And you look at commercials like that's a horrible ad. That's this, you know, why are they selling to that? It may be a horrible ad or they may have some data that their ideal customers specifically like something they said in that ad. And I'm not supposed to like that ad. I'm not, you know, I, I, sometimes I question, you know, Apple has gone away from the Steve Jobs model a little bit and their, their, their commercials are very uh, phone centric and whatever. Now at, at first glance, I might say that's stupid. And they keep touting this, this three pronged phone. I don't have it that they have on the new iPhone. And I'm like, man, that's, that's limiting. They might have some data that the number one reason people buy their thousand dollar iPhone is for the camera. I don't know. We don't know. Now, if they don't have that data, maybe it's a horrible ad, but you never know that until, you know, the eye, the, the, the beauty of the ad is in the eye of not only the people withholding the data, but the ideal customer persona they're trying to attract. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I love what you were talking about with alignment. It makes me think of a couple of things. One is it sounded like you're saying almost like aligning your, your why, you know, with, with, uh, the customer, like kind of why you're doing what you're doing. And if you agree philosophy wise, then you're both going to be kind of on the same page. So finding people that kind of believe similar to you, it kind of made me think of that. And then also the idea of, you know, um, and I totally agree with you about what you said about like pitching and stuff. I, I don't really think of it that way. I usually think of it as 
I'm trying to um, solve the problem that my customer has, you know, or my potential customer has. And when I talk about think about alignment, I think about standing instead of across from them and selling at them or telling them why I'm so awesome or whatever it is. Instead, I'm standing beside them, looking at their problem, and we're aligned like together. Like, cool. Hey, I'm on your side. Like, let's figure this out. If we're not the best fit for you, that's fine. Like, we'll find something good for you. But like, let's talk about your problem. Let's try to dive into it. Find where the value is here, and then basically, you know, send them on their way if they're not a good fit or if they are awesome they can make that decision but those are the things i think about when i think about alignments is the why and then also like standing beside them instead of like talking at them yeah no i i love that and 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 when you align like that and and you you speak to their needs and their wants and and actually more importantly their wants because sometimes what they need and what they want are two completely different things um you you end up really like you said you're standing next to them but you're not trying to force feed them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not trying to, to, to shut. And, and a lot of the terminology we use today is like, Oh, we're going to let's push them down the funnel, you know? And it's like, no, <laughs> no. And, 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 you know, if you, you said it earlier, if you compete on resume, you're going to lose on resume. If you compete on price, you're going to lose on price. If you compete on impact, then it doesn't matter where you went to school, what you did 10 years ago, this, that, and the other thing. And, and I get a lot of clients who are like, oh my gosh, how could I sell? You know, I didn't go to this school. I didn't have this. I don't know. Da, 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 da. It's like, well, then don't talk about it, that stuff. Don't talk about it. Talk about the end impact. And if you can sell that impact, you know what I know I've done a good job is not only when someone hires me, when someone hires me and then say, wait, now how does it work? What does this do? They don't know anything about me. They know about the impact they have, they pay me. And then they're like, how does this work? Like, what is it? What, what's the process? You know, because I didn't, that means I didn't overwhelm them with how the sausage is made, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's when you lose them. And they're not as strong a clients too, because they jumped inside unseen. They're like, let's go, let's go. I, I don't know. What do we do now? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was going to ask you about the authenticity piece of things. So we talked about attention, accuracy, and alignment. When it comes to authenticity, what does that mean? Does that just mean don't be fake? Or is there some things that we can do that, you know, are like, is it about choosing, you know, the right things that match with your brand, your style, your personality? Like, what what does that mean to you? Yeah, I, I think it means a lot of those things. Uh, you know, first of all, consistency you know, showing up every day to show that you, you know what you're talking about. It's providing a quality product as well. Um, I mean, you can't say all these wonderful things and then have horrible customer service and a defective product or defective services because that'll get back to you. Um, I think it's also, it, it is not being fake. I mean, you see these gurus, right, all the time renting the Lamborghini or the mansion and doing the video and saying, I'll make you rich like me. And in the meantime, they had to, you know, drive an Uber on the side because they have no money. And there's nothing wrong with driving an Uber. That's a specific experience from some LinkedIn guru who talks about branding and I'm crushing it, I'm killing it. And then he calls other coaches asking for free advice because he's poor. Like that gets around. And if you're full of it, if you're full of shit, people can see that in your eyes. They know it. And you can fool some of the people some of the time, but over time, people are going to be like, hey, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Then you start bringing clients in and not being able to serve them and not getting testimonials, not getting client reviews, not having people who come into your feed and be like, dude, I read your, you're awesome. You know, and building a tribe, if you're not authentic and you're full of it, you're not going to be able to do any of those things. Um, but even, even 
I don't want to say more so than all of those. You got to show up every day. You got to show up every day and speak to people. I get people who, um, actually it was someone, it was a friend of mine who's a coach and a performance coach. And I had worked with him and he sometimes has people call me for testimonials. And she called me. She's like, Oh my gosh, I was so nervous calling you, Kurt. You're, you're a LinkedIn celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like laughing. She just has watched my videos for like two years. She felt like she knew me. Hmm. And, uh, you know, my wife jokes when I tell her that story. She's like, what are you, Ron Burgundy? Like, <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. I have many leather-bound like, books. you're not that cool, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, LinkedIn. You know, it's like we walk into a restaurant. I'm like, it's crowded. And I'm like, Julie, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to go up and tell them. Do you know, don't you know who I am? I'm LinkedIn famous, you know. <laughs> but there are people who strive to be LinkedIn famous. I could care less. I tell people, I'm not on LinkedIn to be famous. I'm not on LinkedIn to be friends. I'm on LinkedIn to pay my mortgage and build my company. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so to do that, it's like, I don't need to be full of it. it you get who you, I am, who I am. Yeah. You get what you pay for, for good or for bad. There's some people, there, there's a marketing uh, principle, attract and repel. You know who does this really well, whether you love him or hate him, but that's kind of the point. Donald Trump. Remember when he said, I could go out on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone and they'd still vote for me? He wasn't (laughs) kidding. I think we've seen that, right? And so like him or hate him, you know what? There's a reason that he has outperformed every Republican over the last decade. Taken states that none of them would ever win and now he did it. Why? He focused on his client persona in Rust Belt states. He knew what their fears were. He knew what they did. And he spoke to them time and time and time and time again. And in doing that, by the way, he had people on the other side who absolutely loathe him, who hate him. And yet he won the election. He became U.S. president and almost won again. Apple and Android are the same thing. Forget politics. You want to make, you want to piss someone off, like take your iPhone out in front of like a hardcore Android user. And then it's like, you're a member of the evil empire. Well, you know what? There's a reason that people line up in the rain, the snow, the sleet, and the hail to get the latest electronic brick that Apple is selling for $1,000. And by the way, they're selling it for what, twice as much, more than that, than like an Android? Yeah. It's because they have hardcore tribe of supporters. They attract them and they repel the hell out of everyone else. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and piss people off on purpose. What it means is though, you're not afraid to be yourself. You're not afraid to be, as Seth Godin calls it, the purple cow. You don't do it to go out of your way to piss people off, but you attract those people. And there's, I once put out a video and said, what's your biggest challenge today? And the guy messaged me back. He said, my biggest challenge today is looking at your ugly effing beard every day. <laughs> and my wife was like, she's like, how do you put up with that? And I'm just dying laughing. I'm like, I love it. It means if I'm getting under someone's skin in a bad way, it means that on the other side, someone's paying attention to me and like, yes, yes, <laughs> you know, coming in. So that's funny. Well, and I like the uh, you know the authenticity piece of things. I like that because I I do feel like when you're yourself, you naturally attract people that either are like you or would appreciate your personality or appreciate your company. Um, and like you said, your idea, I think you said something like your company is just, it, it starts out as a thought or starts out as an idea. And that's really part of who you are. You know, if you think of that, so then as you build your business, it's still kind of an extension of who you are, especially when you're a small company, I think. And so if you really are just yourself, you're authentic, then I think 
it's cool. And in a way it's scary because if people reject you, then they're really rejecting you as a person. Right. So and I think that's one reason that it's hard to do that sometimes, but if you are just yourself and then you're going to attract people that like that, and then they're going to be even more hardcore because it's just like, and they're going to be a better fit for working with your business. Because if, if they found you exactly who you are, and that's why I tell people too, with when we build their websites, they're like, Oh, we want to look way bigger than we are, or we want to look more trendy than we are. Or I'm like, you know, we can push a little bit in that direction, you know, to kind of your aspirational identity more than who you are currently. But if you try to be too much something you really aren't, like, you know, if it's, I don't know, whatever organization, if they want to look way more trendy than they are, then when they get to that, that plate to the actual physical location, they're going to be disappointed because we attracted the people that care about style so much, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. So like sometimes people try to put out a persona, even through their website that doesn't match them. And I think it hurts them instead of just being like, Hey, embrace who you are and we'll do the best version of who you are, but nothing outside of your real authentic personality. That line you said, embrace who you are and be the best of who you are. There's I'm a Gallup certified strengths trainer and, and it's about amplifying your strengths and not focusing on your weaknesses. There's enough people who want us to focus on our weaknesses. It's called deficit-based development. And I think one of the most cruel things we tell our kids and people is you can be whatever you want to be. I'm five foot four. If my parents had told me throughout my life that you could be an NBA center, if you want to be in the NBA, that would have been one of the cruelest things they could have ever told me, Right. Now, you look at a guy looking at the NBA, Larry Bird, NBA Hall of Famer, right? He called himself a slow white guy who couldn't jump. NBA Hall of Famer, why? He didn't try to jump as high as Dominique or Michael. He was an incredible passer and shooter. He just became the best Larry he could be. That doesn't mean he didn't work out and try to jump as high as he could, but he was the best of who he was, right. and that was great enough to be one of the best of all time. And often we, you know, from a branding point of view, you see people when they come on, it's like, you can tell they just watched a Gary Vee video or you can tell they just watched Grant Cardone. And so they're all oh, F this, F that. And that's fine. I don't care if that's naturally what you do. I drop F-bonds all the time and some people hate it because that's me. I'm Italian Catholic. I grew up dropping F-bombs. We drop F-bombs in our family, right? That's me. But you, you got to use what works for you. If you're not good at video, just because so-and-so does video, you can get better at video, but maybe maybe video is not for you. Maybe you're a great writer. Use that to your advantage. Um, and so, yeah, be the best of who you are. Um, you are, like does attract like. Um, you know, don't go out of, out of your way to piss people off. But, you know, as you were telling, as you were talking, I was thinking of Mike Tyson. And when uh, early Mike Tyson, before he kind of went off the rails, right? He would come in, in just the plane, you know, all these other people, it's like, you know, the Apollo Creed thing, oh, this music that was incredible. And they come in in bright lights and all this. He would come in and his, his intro music was just this like kind of one beat, like, dun, dun. He came in in plain black shorts. He would just go in and he would just like, like 90 seconds and the fight was over. Every part of his brand equaled who he was. And there were some people who hated him. There were certainly people who feared him. And there were some people who just couldn't get enough. I mean, when you pay $10,000 for a ticket to watch a 90-second fight, <laughs> that means something about his brand attracts you. And you can even see it now. He went through everything. He had a horror. <laughs> he did some really bad stuff, right? And yet still people are rooting for him because they're like, you know what? He's just this. He is who he says he is. 
Um, and, and so you're right on point. Be who you are. Be the best of who you are. Don't be afraid about that. Don't be, don't, you know, as entrepreneurs, our businesses are extensions of who we are. And if our business goes in the opposite direction of who we are, you're going to hit a wall sooner or later. Yeah, man, I, this has been just a great conversation, really inspiring, giving me a lot of great ideas. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, we like to leave our, our audience with an action item each week that they can kind of uh, sum up something and then put it into action this following week. So if, if you could give our listeners maybe one action item to do this next week, what, what would you say that'd be? Pick up the phone and call at least one potential client tomorrow. Maybe it's someone in your network. Maybe it's a former client from two years ago. Maybe it's someone you ran into at the grocery store. Maybe it's someone who liked your post on LinkedIn. Pick up the phone and call them. And the reason I start there is if you can do that, and I know it's out of the comfort zone of like 90% of people out there, you can do anything. And the next day, maybe you call five. And the next day, maybe you're like, you know what? I'm talking to people. I can put a video up on Facebook or LinkedIn now, and you start honing your message by talking to people and getting down to simplicity. It's about conversations. So just call one person tomorrow, one person the next day, that's it. And speak to them, listen, and then speak to them about the impact that they would get from working with you. That's great. Kurt, thank you so much. Hey, where can people um, reach out and find you? Yeah, well, I have a twofer. So this is great, a way to contact me. And it's also free goodies, right? Who doesn't like free stuff? So if you take out your smartphone and you text the word authority, Y-O-U-thority, Y-O-U-thority to 55678, you'll get an automated text back. I got three free webinars on there for you. Four Pillars of an Authority Brand. We go really deep on that. Leveling up your LinkedIn and how to use podcasts to build your brand. Uh, there's also a link to get in touch with me. And guess what? If you text it, I will call you. I guarantee I get it. And then I call you, but there's free stuff there. It's also a great way to get in touch with me. That's easier than spelling Mercadante. Awesome. Well, uh, you guys go to the fridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. You can find links to our websites, ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System, and that'll show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. That's right. Don't forget to like and subscribe and send us a voice memo. Again, record that voice memo, memo send it over to hello at thefridayhabit.com. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday.